Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. It's your host, Alex. I'm joined by my boys, Holt Smash. What's up, Holt? Alex, man, how's it going? Um, glad we finally got this podcast started. Uh, running a little late tonight. Uh, Tinder only took a little bit longer than I thought I was going to, but came out well, and um, I'm enjoying it right now as we record. Slow Smoke or Grill Tenderloin? Neither. Not- it's in the oven. Ooh, might be disappointed. Is it dry at all, though? Actually not. Um, it's actually cooked, like, almost perfectly. Um, it's even got a little pink in the center, and it's nice and juicy. Let me say what's up to JB real quick. JB, did you help out with that, that chef tonight, or were you the chef tonight? No, I was not a chef. I am, uh, honestly, I'm a little bit jealous that he's eating a pork loin in front of me. Uh, you know, while we're recording the SEC Slow Smoked Podcast, like, it smells really good. I want to bite, but I'm also uh, trying to be better, too. So I am uh, declining to ask Holt for a taste of his pork loin. Well, pork loin is actually really good for you. A lot of people don't know that. Holt Smash, would you be a bro and share JB if he did indeed ask to have a bite? I would. That's nice. I don't know if I don't know how much I would share. I would probably share. I would cut break him off a piece. No, you wouldn't share. I might. I might. I might yeah. share a little I would, bit. If Alex shared, he would probably charge you for like half of the, like the whole thing that costs. Yeah, if, if he gave us a bite of his pork loin, he would charge us twenty five cents for each bite. Maybe, maybe there's a new, new and improved Alex. So y'all never know. Y'all need to stop doubting me. Are y'all ready to talk about some Arkansas football for this podcast? Yeah. You think? I, I mean, I don't want to sound like too enthusiastic because if. if a lot of Arkansas fans have listened to our other previews. Um, we haven't losing a lot of games, but it's not because we don't think they're good. It's just, you know, the SEC is really tough, you know. Yeah. Do you, JB, do you have to trust the process with Arkansas and Chad Morris? Absolutely. I mean, Arkansas fans have a lot to be enthusiastic about. I mean, Chad Morris has said all the right things. Uh, he's definitely uh, turning over the roster from the mess that Bielema left. But I still think they're probably going to be one more year away from uh, getting back to a bowl. I know some people, some pundits have Arkansas's over and under at set around six. I would take the under at this point, but you know, there's there is this definitely a possibility they could have five wins going into their final uh, game of the season. But as of now, I still think they're one more year away. What is the biggest projected win for Arkansas? Is it four? four no, no, six. It's, it's six. Six. That's the projected for Vegas? 
Yes, that is projected by Vegas. At that is, uh, is that seem a little high hold? Yeah, it does. I mean, obviously that's assuming they win all four out-of-conference games and then two SEC games, obviously, because that's how they would get to six. And looking at their schedule, you know, it's just tough to see which game on that schedule, which two mm-hmm. games on that on SEC slate they're going to be able to win. I mean, they got trips to Ole Miss week two. That's probably the most winnable game out of all of them. They get Mississippi State at home and Kentucky on the road. And Kentucky probably isn't going to be as good as they were last year, but that's still a tough game. And, um, you know, I just – I look at those three games as probably the three most likely they can win. And it's going to be really tough for them to win two games, I think. Yeah, and I, when you look at the schedule, like if, if they can find a way to uh, go at Oxford in week two and beat the Ole Miss Rebels, uh, they're staring at a possible 4-0 start. And with that kind of momentum – uh, you could really be uh, looking at a possibility of sneaking into a bowl this year. Not to talk too much about Memphis for this podcast, but um, that kind of under underscores the importance of that week one game for Ole Miss against Memphis, because if they win that, they'll have a lot more confidence. And I think they'll um, probably win the game against Arkansas week two. But if they lose that game, uh, it might be a little tougher to beat Arkansas, even though it's at home. Uh, just because yeah. there might be a little bit of momentum lost with that. Yeah, and uh, that's that was definitely something I was going to bring up later in the podcast. That's a definite factor that could play into the uh, big anticipated week two matchup with uh, Arkansas and Ole Miss. That game could be a game for uh, the winner uh, goes to a bowl and the winner and the loser doesn't go to a bowl. So that could definitely be a uh, big time game just for that factor. Never bring, never miss a chance to bring up uh, Memphis. You damn right. Um, yeah, so the schedule overall isn't the strongest. I mean, the West, the SEC West schedule is the SEC West schedule. It's, it's hard in itself, but the non-conference isn't, isn't too hard. They're all winnable games. Um, even Western Kentucky, which sometimes can be a, a tough opponent, um, is coming off of three and nine year from last year. So it's not necessarily going to be the West Kentucky team, uh, Trino and other teams that, uh, played really uh, high-scoring offenses, so um, all winnable games in non-conference, um, and that's the question I was going to ask you, Holt, or JB, whoever, is because um, I, I don't see six wins. I see I see a solid four um, or five, but if they did get that six win, who would it be against? And you you already talked about that, Holt. Uh, one thing I want to ask you, Holt, though, do you see a chance that they could beat Missouri? Uh, it is at home, and it's a rivalry game. I know Everyone kind of likes Missouri this year, similar to last year, ironically, um, with Kelly Bryant now. But uh, it's a rivalry game, and it's at home for Arkansas. And you could always argue that rivalry games, you can kind of throw out who the what, – which team should actually win just because teams play out of their minds. Very similar to the egg roll. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at this matchup. Uh, between Arkansas and Missouri, and it is just like a cold-blooded, um, just <laughs> absolutely heated, hated rivalry. Um, Best rivalry in the conference. We see we see a lot of teams, uh, you know, try to replicate this rivalry. Um, you know, we, we see coaches talking back and forth about other coaches. Uh, we see players talking back and forth. Um, you know, just a lot, of, a lot of bad blood in this rivalry, just very – um, very not good. Um, I've definitely, off the record, talked to a lot of uh, Arkansas and Missouri players and coaches, and they just really have nothing but bad things to say about each other. So, 
Um, I don't want to get any specifics about who said what, but let's just say that um, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of bad blood uh, between these two teams and they're, they're definitely uh, talking a lot of crap about each other off the record. Besides Missouri, is Arkansas the least hated team in the SEC, JB? Uh, the least hated team in the SEC? Yeah. Like, you could you could go through the entire SEC West and most of the no. SEC East and talk about how nobody nobody really likes each other in no. the oh, uh, no. division, East Division. No, no they're not the uh, second least hated team in the SEC. I would say that title belongs to Vanderbilt. I would think Vanderbilt and Kentucky would probably go on that list. And then I'd probably put Mississippi State ahead of Arkansas. Arkansas has got some rivals in this conference. Uh, they've had a long rivalry with LSU that dates back, you know, decades. They've also had a rivalry in the old Southwest Conference with Texas A&M. So, I mean, they've got some rivals in this conference. And, of course, they've had some really good games with Ole Miss in the past and even with Alabama. So, I, I would not put – I would put Arkansas – maybe slightly below mid-pack for the most hated teams in the conference. I would disagree with you because, um, first of all, you called you said Mississippi State. And I know Mississippi State and Ole Miss hate each other, but I guess you're saying that nobody really else hates Mississippi State outside of that. And I, I guess I kind of see that. But I would just disagree with that in general just because the Mississippi State-Ole Miss rivalry is just so big. And then um, for Vanderbilt, I would say uh, Tennessee – or Vanderbilt hates Tennessee a lot. So I just – I don't think – Arkansas hates other teams as much as other teams hate other teams. Let's see if that makes sense. And I don't think as many teams hate Arkansas as other teams. I mean, I guess nobody really hates Vanderbilt, Tennessee, maybe now, just because Vanderbilt's beat them last three years. But um, right now, I mean, just the state of the conference right now, I just don't think anybody really hates Arkansas that much. Besides Missouri. Besides Missouri, right. The best robbery in college football. Yeah, the border war. Yeah. Yeah, I heard Kelly Bryant took a, is, said he's going to take a shit at the mid uh, the 50-yard line before the game starts this year. Yeah, like like right like right on the hog's face. Like right <laughs> on the Razorback logo's face. Yeah. Um, he's oh, going to write M-I-Z um, in, uh, in his, with his feces on the field. <laughs> As very, um, I was, I was wondering what you're about to, how you about to finish that. And I, that's what I thought you were going to say, but I thought you were going to say a little bit more vulgar, but shout out to you. Um, Holt, what does success look like in year two for Chad Morris? Well, I mean, I just think you really want to see some improvement on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's kind of similar to Joe Moorhead um, in Mississippi State where uh, it's a second year and uh, as JB cracks up a little bit about that, about Kelly Bryant with the MIZ on the logo. But anyway, um, I just think it depends on, you know, you want he's an offensive guy. Um, he's got some pieces coming in this year. Um, you just really want to see see him take that next step on offense this year and become more of a threat. Um, you want to see um, teams not be excited to play Arkansas like the worst season, knowing it's going to be an easy win. Um, you want to see teams kind of being like, "Oh crap, we got to play Arkansas this week." You know what I mean? You kind of want to be able to just take that that next step and at least be, you know, respectable and feared by other teams and not just looked at as an easy win. And um, I think that just starts on the offensive side of the ball since that's his identity as a coach. And um, you really want to see that offense get, get turned around this year. That's – I mean, that's visible stuff for sure, but it's like unmeasurable stuff. I'm talking about – so that, that's a good, a good way to start the conversation. But what about in terms of actual results? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a results-driven 
business slash conference. So what is that? Does that look like six wins for Arkansas? Does it look like five wins? Does it look like four wins and scoring 50 points a game the way uh, Chad Morris is, likes, teams like to play or wants to play? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I just think it really comes down to just being competitive. I mean, I don't know if it really, you know, depends. I mean, if they score 50 points a game, I mean, yeah, the, I mean, I think that would be great. But, I mean, I just think it, it really just depends on, you know, how competitive the, how competitive they are, whether they're playing, you know, good football. And, I mean, I do think that, it, you know, it does come down to wins. I mean, I think if they get to six wins that, this year, that's a big step forward. Um, you know, obviously going 2-10 and 10 last year, you know, even their out-of-conference games weren't, you know, they went 2-2 two and two out of conference. So, you know, this year they're going to have to take care of those out-of-conference games and then, you know, hopefully win a couple conference games. And I think that's kind of a, what would be a successful season as long as uh, – or in addition to uh, stepping up on the offensive side. Jamie, what does a bad year look like? I mean, I, besides saying – taking the easy, easy answer and saying the exact opposite of what Holt just said, what, what would – make you question Chad Morris in year two? Um, I think anything in four and eight would be something that would leave a lot of Arkansas fans questioning themselves. Uh, that would mean that they would only went um, three and one in their non-conference games and then lost all their SEC games. That would not be much of an improvement from last year's two and 10 record. I think they need to win at least four games to show progress, but most hog fans that you talk to are expecting to be in bowl contention this year and around that five or six win mark. Tougher question, JB. Who's going to be a starting quarterback for Arkansas? I, you know, I know Ben Hicks has some history with that uh, Chad Morris, but I'm going to go with Nick Sarkle. I mean, he's got the, he's got the experience in the conference, and uh, he is he's a really good quarterback. I mean, I I thought he was actually going to be the starter at Texas A&M last year over Kellen Mond, and that really shocked me when Jimbo Fisher named Mond the starter. I think uh, Sarkle will be. The starter. I don't know. I don't know if he might. He may not start game one against Portland State, but by the end of the season, I think Starkville is going to be your starting quarterback. Well, would you agree with that assessment? Um, short answer: Yes, I would. Okay. What other players? Hole are you excited about from this Arkansas team? Um, well, obviously, Rakeem Boyd is uh, one of my favorite players in the entire conference. Um, you know, obviously, he was awesome on last chance you. And um, I've enjoyed um, his his first year at Arkansas. Is just a really exciting runner, fun to watch, physical, explosive, um, just a complete back, and really fun to watch. Obviously, started his career at Texas A&M uh, before going to Independence, transferring to Arkansas. Um, so he's kind of, I think he's kind of like the star of this offense. He's a commodity. He's the one they're going to rely on, especially early in the season, while the new quarterback is getting his feet wet. And um, also some of those young receivers, um, while they get acclimated, you know, they've, they've got some really talented receivers this year, um, some really highly recruited guys, some big physical guys. So um, it's going to be really um, interesting to see how that offense comes together. But I think when you look at uh, Rakeem Boyd, he's kind of the sure thing. He's the, you know, he's the, you know, I don't know, the workhorse, whatever, whatever cliche term you want to use for a running back. Um, that's what he's going to be for Arkansas this year. I think he's really going to set the pace for them. And uh, he's going to be, you know, that rock-solid, dependable um, guy they can lean on. Jamie, what can you tell me about Dejon Harris? I mean, I think he's, a, you know, a really solid player. I mean, he's going to be, a, you know, one of the anchors on that defense. And 
you know, the middle linebacker. I mean, when you're the middle linebacker, I mean, he's going to be barking all the signals to his defense. He's going to be reading at the line of scrimmage and, you know, basically making the plays for this defense. And uh, on Chavis running the defense, uh, his specialty has always been has been linebackers. I expect that. Is there any hope for their, their defense this year, JB, besides uh, Dijon Harris being good? I mean, I think there's some other, you know, pretty solid guys. I mean, Cameron Curl and uh, Agent, uh, Cameron Curl, the safety and Agent that plays at the tackle. I mean, is a veteran. He's been there for a long time. Uh, he started, I think, um, 28 games in his in his career. That's really good. Uh, Curl is um, a guy that's really um, one of those hard hitting safeties. That's actor in the secondary for Arkansas. I mean, that's the guy that's also going to be the kind of an anchor for them too. I mean, you got you got a, a senior on each level of the defense. You got Agem, a senior on on the defensive line. You got Harris, a middle linebacker, and then you got Curl at safety. Or actually, excuse me, Curl's a junior. I'm sorry, but uh, that's 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 some good experience. You know, three crucial uh, levels of the defense, and you know, with Chief, uh, you know, he's he's definitely going to have his work cut out because you know, there's not a lot of there wasn't a lot of talent to work with. Uh, but, you know, consider what Bielema left. I mean, it wasn't just the offense that struggled in recruiting. It was defense, too. But uh, I expect Javis to uh, continue and to improve that defense. Would you expect a bigger improvement in year two from their offense or defense? I'm actually leaning more to the offense having a bigger improvement. I think that uh, when you look at um, Nick Sparkle and Ben Hicks, those two guys are much better than Ty Story and Cole Kelly. I mean, if you look at Ty Story and Cole Kelly, I don't even think either of those two guys are projected to start for their respective teams this year. And no. you got Sparkle and uh, Ben Hicks. Uh, both of them are definitely uh, viable starters for this Arkansas team. I don't think you can go wrong with either. I mean, I'm I'm leaning more to Nick Sparkle because of his experience in the SEC. But uh, Ben Hicks is also is more familiar, which had more system. So I could easily see a situation where Hicks starts the year, but then Story finishes. I mean, not Story, but, uh, Sparkle. <laughs> Let me catch it real quick. Yeah, um, just touching or following up on that point you just made. Um, yeah, I was just looking up Ty Story, and he uh, he transferred to Western Kentucky, which is going to be fun, I guess, because they have potential or he has potential to play Arkansas this year. But uh, he is not the starter at Western Kentucky, which is like the worst. That's like the biggest uh, kick in the face. Is there something that – I mean, there's a lot of things, I guess, that hurt that could probably hurt worse than that hole. But is – I mean, that, that has been like top five like hurt hurt things or I guess biggest hurt things in the world is you transfer from a school as a quarterback because you want to start somewhere else and you end up not starting. Yeah, I mean, you transfer from a big-time school to a lower-level school and you think that, like, just because you played, you know, in the SEC that you can just, like, show up to another school and play right away and end up getting beat out. You know, it's just – that's just how it is sometimes. I mean, some guys, you know, it isn't so much where they're at. It's just that they're just not that good. I mean, Todd Story was, you know, he had to give him some credit. He really took a beating last year. Um, I know, you know, we're kind of previewing Arkansas for this year. But, I mean, since you brought it up, I mean, he did play well last year. And he, you know, I mean, not necessarily play well. But, I mean, considering the circumstances, I think he handled it pretty well. He was really tough and, you know, really, uh, I mean, really took a beating last year. But always got up and, you know. There's something to be said for that, but not the most talented guy for sure. Uh, going along with what I asked JB earlier, hold about which team, which side of the ball is going to improve most for 
Arkansas in year two, offense versus defense. Jamie said the offense, which makes sense because Chad Morris is an uh, offensive guy. But, um, I mean, could you also argue that the defense couldn't get much worse than last year? So, I mean, just because they were so bad last year, they could they have a lot of room for improvement this year. Yes, I do. Was that a question directed for JB? No, I, I was talking to you. That's why I thought you were uh, yeah. chowing down some pork tenderloin. No, I wasn't. I just – I really thought that that question was directed to JB. No. I, um, but, no, I mean, you know, their defense actually, like, wasn't terrible early in the season last year. I, I think they um, were actually pretty good against the run, if I uh, do remember correctly. Sorry, I was not really prepared for that question. Um, so, I mean, I do believe that they, you know – Weren't, they weren't, like, awful on defense last year. They definitely weren't great. Um, There's definitely room for improvement. And I like John Chavis as a defensive coordinator, but most of the success he's had, and we talked about this on the preview last year for anyone who has been around that long and listened to our very poor quality Arkansas preview last year. Um, we did discuss at that time how um, uh, John Chavis really does um, kind of depend on the offense to a little bit more ball control, and he definitely does better. I mean, every defensive coordinator does better when they face less plays, but the difference for him between facing, you know, 60, 70 plays and facing 90, 100 plays is, is huge uh, compared to some other defensive coordinators. So he really needs the offense to uh, to move the chains and uh, kind of hold the ball a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see um, if the offense is able to, you know, maybe control the clock a little bit more this year and kind of give that defense a little bit of a break because that's really when he can – um, that's really when he can thrive. And he's shown throughout um, his entire career that, you know, he can get the job done. Follow-up question for their defense hold. I think I asked this last year, and I've asked it probably a million times before, but is John Chavis past his prime now at Arkansas? I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, he's just – I mean, not like he's bad or anything, but, you know, the game has just changed so much. And, um, you know, he's been around for a long time. But, I mean, at the same time, I still think that he's a, he's still a really good coach. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But, you know, at one point in his career, he was more of like an elite, like one of the best in the country. And now, you know, maybe a little bit more middle of the pack. But, I mean, I still think he has some value. And I think, you know, if you're Arkansas, he's not – he's definitely not a bad guy to have. I mean, you know, someone with that much experience and success, I mean, you could definitely, you know, I think there's definitely some reason for excitement there. JB, was John Chavis's best years at LSU or Tennessee? I mean, when you put it collectively as a group, I would say Tennessee because he, he was there longer and he had uh, multiple, uh, you know, nationally ranked defenses at Tennessee. He was at LSU for how, I can't remember how many years, maybe like five or six in that in that time period. But uh, those are, I would say, at Tennessee's probably his best collective years. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I mean, no offense, JB, but it's kind of hard for me to remember Tennessee being, like, elite on defense, although they were the they were elites the year they beat Florida, whatever the year that was uh, recently with the 9-4 Butch year, I think. They were not, I would say elite, but they had a pretty good defense. They had a lot of talent, and they played kind of well on defense, I would say, for the first half of the year. Yeah. Um, all right, so Arkansas, what else do I want to recover? Um I think that that might be it. So let's get to the schedule real quick. Um, we said earlier that Vegas is projecting six. And I think we all think that's kind of high, or at least me and Holt do. I'm not sure about you, JB. But uh, we don't want to go one by one because it might – or we don't want to go to the schedule one by one because it might be a little 
defeating to talk about that many losses, unfortunately, for Arkansas. But um, high-level, JB, uh, can you give me what your win expectant, win total is expected to be for Arkansas this year? Um, I would put the floor at four wins and the ceiling at six. So there's really not a lot of room, you know, for, uh, you know, error or, you know, for being really bad. I mean, I expect them to be improved in the win-loss column from last year. They definitely should be. I mean, I expect them to win all four of their non-conference games. Um, The game that I've got circled and definitely changed my opinion of is when they play Ole Miss in week two. I'm really anxious to see how this Ole Miss team is prepared against Memphis in week one. And if Ole Miss stumbles out of the gate and loses uh, to their regional rival Memphis in week one, uh, how motivated are they going to be in their home opener, you know, against Arkansas, who Arkansas will be coming off a breather win against Portland State with a lot of confidence. Uh, that could be a game that Arkansas could go in Oxford and sneak away with a victory. And if they go to Oxford and win that game, uh, that's going to put them at possibly a 4-0, or not possibly, most likely a 4-0 start. And if they start off 4-0 and you only need two more wins um, in the uh, – back two-thirds of the schedule, and that's very possible. Yeah, that is something that excites me is the possibility of starting out 4-0 for what we think otherwise is not a great team. Um, I just think that that'll be fun. Uh, so you're proje- you're projecting four to six wins, but what's your actual projection, JB? Um, well, going by the other games I've picked, i picked them to go 4-8. and eight. But uh, like I said, that is kind of subject to change. I might change my pick on that – game depending on how Ole Miss looks against Memphis I really need to see how Ole Miss looks I mean I expect Arkansas to uh, you know blow the doors off Portland State what I really want to see is how Ole Miss performs against Memphis because I think those two teams are really evenly matched and uh, they both should be equally motivated I actually think Ole Miss should be more motivated for that one than Memphis because if Ole Miss loses to Memphis I don't think they can go to a bowl this year I think that's a very crucial game so yeah. I want to see look and then I want to see um, you know if they, if they look well, then I probably will stick with Ole Miss. But if they stumble in that game, I might have to switch to Arkansas. That's that's during the week. But before the season starts, you're saying four and eight, right? Yeah. Before the season starts, I'm still sticking with uh, Ole Miss over Arkansas in week two. Hold, oh, you got five wins to go? Uh, no, I also have Arkansas at four and eight. Um, I mean, looking at their schedule, um, I mean, I, I would kind of lean towards them going five and seven. It's just, you know, this is like the last preview we've done, and we kind of picked everyone else to beat Arkansas, so we kind of don't have a choice. Um, but when I'm looking at this schedule, I mean, you know, they're not going to beat Alabama. They're not going to beat LSU on the road. Um, most likely not going to beat Auburn unless Auburn is, you know, way worse than we expect. Um, and Texas a and I think it's going to be a really tough game to win as well. So, you know, I think they're going to win their four out-of-conference games. Um you know, Portland State, Colorado State, San Jose State, and Western Kentucky. I think they will win all those games. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they beat Ole Miss week two. I think that's the game they have circled. Um, I'm really not high on Ole Miss this year. Um, I honestly just kind of picked this game because it was at Ole Miss, and it was Ole Miss's first big home game. And um, I actually think that Ole Miss is going to come out and beat Memphis in week one um, and just kind of just, you know, set the tone a little bit. Um um, so I just think it's going to be a big game. It's going to be their first big game, first big conference game. But I think Arkansas definitely has that game circled as one that, uh, you know, if they want to go to a bowl game, they're going to have to win that that first conference game against Ole Miss. I think if they drop that game, it's going to be really hard for them to get to six wins uh, because you look at their other winnable games. I mean, at 
Kentucky is going to be a really tough game. You know, they get Mississippi State at home, which, you know, Mississippi State's definitely going to take a step back this year, and it is Arkansas this year, but that was not a close game at all last year. And then same thing with Missouri, except they do have a lot of guys back this year. So, I mean, it's just Arkansas is going to have to take a big step forward, and I think some teams are going to have to kind of disappoint for um, Arkansas to be able to get to that sixth win. Um, I definitely think five and seven is more likely. Um, I think five and seven is about where I think they'll end up. Um, and it just comes down to whether or not they can win another one of those, you know, those four toss-up games in conference. I mean, I don't know if I'd really call them toss-up games, but, you know, at Ole Miss, at Kentucky, Mississippi State, Missouri at home. I mean, those, you know, they got to win two of those four games and they got to win all four out-of-conference games. So, you know, it's definitely going to be a little bit tough. Um, you know, I definitely think they're capable of it. And, um, you know, we should definitely see more of – Chad, what Chad Morris wants to seem to be this team this season, or should be more of, you know, his type of team uh, than it was a, a season ago. So just to be clear, you're picking four and eight as well. Yes. Okay. I might be the only one. I know I probably picked didn't pick this based off on the other previews, but I actually might pick Arkansas. I'll go to five and seven, uh, just because I think they can win all the four non-conference games, and then I think they can be. Ole Miss or one of these SEC games, as crazy as that sounds, like it could be Kentucky or even Missouri because, you know, they hate Missouri. So that's what that's kind of what I'm leaning towards, and that I would think would be a hopeful and optimistic year. I mean, it's not six wins, not a bowl game, but I think that's a, that's a pretty good year for Arkansas, even though they didn't meet their Vegas projection. They are, finished to, they are projected to finish last in the SEC according to the SEC media poll. So we'll see. But I'm excited to see uh, Chad Morris and Arkansas' offense uh, score 50 points a game. That's what I want to see. I want to see his teams play like they did that. So we'll we'll see how it's going to play out. Any final words before we wrap up Arkansas? This is the um, last, maybe, I guess the last preview before week zero game against Florida. So I'm excited about that game. But uh, we'll still do like one more uh, podcast with combining Georgia and Alabama and previewing week one. Um, so any final words before we part with Arkansas? Yeah, podcast? I'll just say one more thing. Uh, there's one uh, freshman to keep your eye on this year that could be a breakout player for Arkansas, and that is uh, Trey Knox, a wide receiver. Uh, he is a big-time playmaker. Uh, he's saying six foot five, almost 220, and, and really great frame. Be a really good receiver in uh, Chad Morris' system. I can't wait to watch him uh, grow in this offense, and I think that's going to be one of the uh, feature stars uh, with Chad Morris in that in that in that uh, team for the next couple of years. He is from Murfreesboro. Is that one that Arkansas stole from Tennessee? I don't. I don't know if I would say that. I mean, I know Tennessee was recruiting him. Uh, there was a lot of schools that were recruiting him. Uh, that was a really huge win for um, Chad Morris to get Trey Knox. I mean, it wasn't just Tennessee. Ole Miss was recruiting him really hard. I think. Uh, Alabama was recruiting him as well. He had a lot of offers throughout the conference, and uh, this was one of the biggest gifts for Chad Morris in this last recruiting cycle. Who I, I'm trying to look him up now. I can't think of it, but who was the tight end? Like, he was like a four or five stars tight end that signed with Arkansas because his, his yeah. brother, he Hunter Henry's little brother. His, Hunter Henry's little brother, right? Uh, pro- probably. He's not little, though. I think he was pretty big, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Hunter Henry's pretty big, too. Um, well, good. I'm I'm googling Hunter Henry's little brother. Yeah. His name's Hudson Henry. 
no, number one tight end of class of 2019. 6'5", 235. Is he number, I didn't see him in this class, though. Hold on. So, he's a 2019 class. I thought he was 2020, so I need to refresh myself real quick. All right. Let's see. Hudson Henry. Yeah, Hudson Henry. He's the number one tight end, but he's ranked 132 overall. So, But I guess he's number four position tight end on 247. So, uh, he's supposed to be really good either way. Um, little, little, uh, trivia time here. Do you know who Arkansas's all time best recruit is Holt or JB? Um, I mean, I know Darren McFadden was a five star. I don't know if he's like the number one player they've ever recruited. Um, and I'm totally drawing a blank on that defensive end they had. Um, yeah. A uh, couple years ago. Throw us a bone, Alex. Uh, what timeline of did this recruit come in? Uh, sure. Give me just one second. So, um, let me, let me just go back quick. Uh, throw us a, a, a pork shoulder bone for us. Pork shoulder bone. Darren McFadden was a five-star yes hole. He was number 32 overall in the class of 2005. This one is anywhere. Let's see. This is, who would this be? This would be, um, Coach Knights. Okay, I I have a, I have two guesses. Um, one of them would be Clint Sterner. Oh, and the other one is going to be their offensive lineman. Um, I forgot his name, but he's the one that unfortunately uh, had a uh, car accident uh, after he got drafted into the NFL. I, I, his name is completely on the tip of my tongue, but those would be my two guesses. Oh, my guess is uh, Mitch Mustaine, and I really thought that JB was about to say that, and I was really yeah. upset. Actually, I, I figured when Holt said "ooh" that he got it because it's it's so it's obvious once you get it, and it it, yeah. it is much Mustang. Now, I, it's very obvious. He was like the number one quarterback in his class. I think he was. Uh, let's see. Let me. Or let number me... two. I remember he was really hyped out of Springdale, Arkansas. He played for uh, Gus Mouse on it, Springdale. Mistaken. He's number nine overall in the class. Let me go back to say and. And that's another nugget. He did play. I think he did play for August Malzahn in high school, too. He's number two pro-style quarterback. You know who number one was, JB? Jimmy Clawson. No, that's that's not a bad guess. Is this, this Barkley's year? No. No, Bar- Bar- which Barkley? Yeah, I can't believe that was number one. But um, I'll just go ahead and give it to you so we don't spend all time. It was Matt Stafford. Oh, yeah. That's, that's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, but 2006 pro style quarterbacks. What a disappointment Mitch Mustang turned out to be. I don't did he even start at USC when he transferred? No. Yeah, uh, he played. Hold on. He uh yeah, didn't start. You're right. He he, he just has some some stats. Who I, who was that? 2008, 2010. Who would that have been like uh, Mark Sanchez, John David Booty probably? It would have been Booty and Sanchez. Yeah. Good times, good times. What it could have been. That doesn't make you mad that like a really good quarterback like that that should have played for Arkansas. Never turned out to be what he was supposed to be. And he transferred. That's definitely one of the biggest disappointments. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when you're a school like Arkansas and you get like that big time, like five star quarterback in your state, off all these schools to get him, and then you finally get him. Like, there's all there's all this pressure, and like, I just you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just like when it doesn't work out, because you feel like that was like about to get like, you know, someone like a true difference maker, a quarterback. You know what I mean? I wonder if. Um... He was like a, maybe a system quarterback because he did 
playing our Gus Malzahn at Springdale. Uh, or he played play at Spring, Springdale, which I'm assuming is Gus Malzahn, JB. Um, but I wonder if that's part of the reason why he didn't turn out to be anything in the college. I mean, I know I remember Malzahn, like quarterbacks under Malzahn do regress. But I don't know if that really had anything to do with it. I mean, Springdale, Arkansas is – you know, just you can throw a rock from Springdale, Arkansas to Fayetteville. I mean, those two towns are really close to each other. I mean, it's, they're both in northwest Arkansas and the same uh, metroplex with like Springdale and Fayetteville and like Rogers all in that same area. You know, the Walmart mecca. I mean, it's it's not that far. And he was he's basically just staying at home and he was going to be the hometown guy. And, uh, you know, it, it just kind of sucks for Arkansas that he never did pan out. Number three all time recruit, according to 247, is Darius Winston. I feel like y'all should know him. I have no recollection whatsoever. <laughs> um, I don't either, but that I figured y'all would too. His class was a nine, but he's play, he played for the Bengals. Um, and then Ahmad Carroll is number two. Class two thousand one. I don't remember him because that's forever ago. But um, Mick Telvin Ajum, Ajum is number four. Hold. That's 2016 defensive tackle that you're talking about. Yeah. I think. Darius Howard is number four. Six. All right, that's all we got for today, folks. Um, it's been fun talking about Arkansas. We think they're going to go anywhere from four to four and eight to six and six, according to JB. Um, we all think I think well, the consensus SEC slow smoke opinion is four and eight. Um, I think they're going to go five and seven. Um, we think they're going to handle their out of conference schedule pretty easily and possibly beat Ole Miss and the. Uh, Right in the SEC schedule, but after that's gonna be a really tough year. But they could potentially start off four and zero before they get to I think A and M, and uh, it could be exciting. We're looking to see some improvement in year two with Chad Morris, some high powered offense, hopefully, and maybe a little bit better defense. Uh, as tough as it's gonna be, but um, you have got to remember to trust the process, right, JB? That is correct. Uh, Arkansas fans, just be patient. Uh, Chad Morris is still bringing his guys in that are going to run his system. And also Chad and uh, John Chavis is uh, shaping up the defense. Just have some patience this year. I know a lot of you want to go to back to the bowl and I'm right there with you. Arkansas definitely should be a bold program and they will be a bold program again, but just be patient. This is still a, uh, in some ways, a throwaway year. In my opinion, I still think they're one more year away before you can start competing in, in the SEC and then going back to bowls. And Nick Starkle and Rakeem Boyd are going to be leading the offense, especially Rakeem Boyd. We're excited about him the most. And we think Starkle will be the quarterback eventually, if not in week one, but eventually in the, by the end of the year. He will be leading the, the Hogs. Before we go, can we get a woo pick to me from Holt? Um, I think JB should take this one. I know you're going to put this over me. All right. We'll go, we'll go one round here. I'm not going to do all – I'm not going to do three. We're just going to go one. Woo! Pig, suey, razorbacks. And he did like the little thing with his fingers too, where he like raised his fingers. And I, can, I can picture him because I think even when we were playing uh, in subway football on Xbox, he would do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, it's been fun. It's been real, and it's been fun, guys. Uh, we'll talk next time after uh, hopefully Florida gets the win against Miami. See you.
Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend, because there's plenty to go around. Oh.